let's focus on this evening. Um, oh, it's a honestly, it's a real privilege for me to be speaking tonight. And I want to talk, as I said earlier, about names. Names are really significant in the Bible. And actually, I'm I'm terrible at names. I'm awful at remembering people's names. Um, and this this comes out a lot on Friday nights at Hub. Um, we have a lot of young people. I've got no chance of remembering uh, any, all of their names. Um, but it is quite funny because um, I'm forever saying, remind me of your name. And then when they tell me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I did know that. I did know that. I'm thinking, I'm so glad I asked them. And, you know, I walk through and I'm like, all right, chief, all right, boss, all right, fella, all right, kid, all right, lad, all right, uh, sapping and mate, all that kind of stuff. Everyone's, and it just goes round in circles throughout the whole night. And I try and rotate it so no one gets the same name twice. Um, and I'm awful at remembering names, but I, wanna, I really want to get better at it because the way I do know people's names and the, only, the most of the names that I know on a Friday night are the young people that get into a little bit of trouble. And, you know, I only know their name because I have to say, remind me of your name, and then radio to the rest of the team that that person has got a warning. Um, and I really want to get better at learning people's names because I believe names are really significant. When somebody knows your name, you know that you, you matter to them. When someone knows who you are and what you're called, it's important, isn't it? And it makes you feel valued when somebody who you've not seen for a number of years, that you weren't sure whether they would remember your name, when they say, oh, yeah, your name's Andy, isn't it? You're like, ah, oh, you feel valued. And names are really significant in the Bible. And lots of the times, God changes people's names. And he does it for really significant reasons. And one of those people is a guy called Jacob. Jacob's story is in the first book of the Bible. It's in Genesis. Um, and he's a bit of a complicated fellow, Jacob. Um, his grandfather is Abraham, um, which a lot of you will have heard of. And then Abraham's son, Isaac, is Jacob's father. So it's, it goes Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob was a twin. His dad, uh, Isaac, married Rebekah. They uh, got pregnant with twins. And the Bible said that the babies jostled each other in the mother's womb. Like, that brings a whole new level to morning sickness, doesn't it? Like, imagine that, the two babies having a little scrap in your belly. Um, and and Jacob's, Jacob's twin brother was called Esau. And um, the Bible says when they were born, Esau was born first, and he was bloody and hairy. That was why they called him Esau. But then it says that, that Jacob came out straight after, clutching onto Esau's heel. Like, talk about scrappy and competition right from birth. And actually, he's called Jacob, and Jacob means heel grabber. Like, he is named after a moment that happened at birth. Like, Greg Davis talked about the, you know, bad back brown and Baghdad, after, named after one moment for the rest of their life. Jacob has given this name heel grabber because of one moment at birth. And he lives with that for the rest of his life. And um, he grows up, and, it, and the Bible says that Rebecca loved Jacob more than she loved Esau. And in fact, she convinced uh, Jacob, she convinced him to try and steal Esau's birthright. Because Esau was the firstborn, um, he, was, he was the one that would inherit the blessing and all that kind of stuff. And Rebecca convinces Jacob uh, to, to steal Esau's birthright and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more about how that happened later on but but Isaac their father blesses Jacob Jacob receives the blessing and then realizes it's not worth having this blessing because I can't stay in the home because Esau finds out he's kicking off he's ready to kill Jacob and and so Jacob flees and runs away from the family home and then where we're going to pick up this story is the moment where Jacob 
uh, gets his name changed by God. But this comes about because Jacob and Esau are, are starting to think about being reunited in a positive way. And this is what happens. If You can pick it up in Genesis 32. It's going to come up on the screen. And it says this. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, which is a different sermon that I'm sure Leon will pick up at some point. Um, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons that crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go. There he goes, being a heel grabber again. I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I think it's a, it's a fascinating story and a, a strange story of, of God in human form. That's what scholars reckon this is. God in human form wrestling with Jacob. And I want to pull out three key points out of this story. And the first point is this. It's okay to wrestle with God. Jacob wrestles with God throughout the night and he, it's going to and fro and, and, and it says that they couldn't overpower each other. And you know, I've had times in my life where I've had to really wrestle with some stuff with God. Some stuff that I didn't understand. As a, as a youth pastor, I get, to, I get to sit and chat to young people who are, who are wrestling through stuff. Who are wrestling through. How, to, how do I marry my faith and the way that my friends live like Beth talked about? You know, I've been privileged enough to, to chat with Beth and Laura as, as they've wrestled with God on some issues. You know, let me tell you, this church is a really safe place to wrestle with God. It's a really safe place to come and explore the things of God and who God is and wrestle with that stuff. You know, in fact, in September, we're relaunching the Alpha course, and that's a great opportunity to come and ask some questions. Perhaps you're wrestling with whether God exists or not. Come to Alpha. You can ask some questions and wrestle with the leaders. Simon's a big guy. He could, he could, you can wrestle him. <laughs> but it's a really safe place to wrestle with God. And, you know... The important thing when we wrestle with God is that we don't stay there forever. You know, it's fascinating that, that Jacob walks away from this wrestling encounter with a limp. And, you know, I don't know what you're going through at the moment. And I don't know what, what stuff you're wrestling with God with at the moment. But I want to say it's okay to wrestle with God, but don't stay there forever. At some point, you have to say, do you know what? I'm going to move forward. You know, I've still got questions about God and, and, you know, I'm not even close to claiming I've got all the answers. I know Beth and Laura would be the same and say they've still got questions, but they know that God is good and that God is love and that God is ultimately God. And sometimes we have to move past the wrestling and limp forward anyway. You know, hope is, is not found in God solving your problems. Hope is found in living out your calling in the midst of your problems. We've got to keep limping. It's okay to wrestle with God at some points, but we've got to move forward. You know, I loved what, uh, what DJ said last week. If you've not listened to it, if you weren't here last week and you've not caught up on the podcast, go home and listen to it. If you're listening to this on podcast now, pause it and go back to next week. It'd be a much better use of your time. Um, but DJ said this great thing about, I want, my, I want my behind to be behind and I want my past to stay in the past. 
because your past doesn't determine your future. And we can't stay wrestling with stuff all the time. We've got to, at some point, make a choice to move on. And even if that's limping forward, we've got to continue to limp. The second point is this. God can't bless who you pretend to be. You know, earlier on, in, before this story, Jacob dresses like his brother. In, in Genesis 27, it says, Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau, her older son, which she had in the house, and put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his, of his neck with the goatskins. He dresses up like his brother to con his dad. You see, his dad was, was getting on a bit and going blind and losing a few of his wits. And, and Rebecca and Jacob dressed up Jacob like he saw and pretended to be somebody that he wasn't in order to gain approval. How often in life do we pretend to be something that we're not in order to gain approval? And here's Jacob and he realizes that once he's got the blessing, it's not worth it. And it's not any good because he can't stay in his father's home anymore. You know, I see this as a youth worker all the time, young people grappling with identity and, and trying to figure out who they are and who God has designed them to be. Where we take 20 selfies before we pick one to put up there. That we spend half an hour preparing for a selfie to put on social media, and that's just Leon. <laughs> we live in a world where we have to pretend to be something that we're not in order to be accepted. We're made aware of our imperfections and we accentuate them and we focus on them. And here Jacob pretends to be something that he's not. But after wrestling with God in verse 27, God says to him, what is your name? Jacob, he replies. He says, this is who I am. No filter. This is who I am. I'm the heel grabber. I'm the guy that robbed my brother's birthright. That's who I am. I'm taking off the goat skins. This is who I am. And Jacob is real before God. He takes off the mask and reveals who he really is. You know, so often we think that when it comes to God, we've got to have it all sorted. We've got to pretend to be something that we're not. We come to church and we think, I've got to pretend to be holy. I, I, I know I've got it wrong this week and I know I'm not in a great place at the moment, but I've got to pretend that everything's okay. Let me tell you, that's not what God says. God says, come before me as you are. Be real. Because God knows what's beyond the filter and what's beyond the good angle. God wants us to be real. He knows the names and the issues that we carry around with us. And he loves us. He loves us. He loves us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Point number three is you are made new. When Jacob's real before God, God gives him a new name. In verse 28, it says, Then the man said, You will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans, and you have overcome. God blesses him. God gives him a new name and changes the game for him. He's no longer known as the heel grabber. He's no longer carrying around this label of you're the boy who robbed your brother's birthright, although I've called him that a few times tonight. <laughs> you know, I don't know what names you carry around with you, what labels, what things have been spoken over your life that you carry around with you. But I do know this, that, that God wants to give you a new name. Not literally, and let's all change our name to Israel by Depol. But God wants to speak some new things over you. 
and put some new labels in your life. Like forgiven, set free, loved, accepted, chosen. Dig in to what the Bible says about who you are and you will find freedom. You will find who you really are. You know what I find amazing about this story is God chooses Jacob to be the patriarch of a nation, to be the leader of a nation. And it's one of, it's one of the earliest examples of the grace of God. In fact, in, in, it's talked about right throughout the Bible. And in Romans, Paul talks about it and he says this. He says, yet before the twins were born or had, anything, had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls she was told the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. This is the key It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. I love that. The fact that this guy, Jacob, had been known as a heel grabber, had been known as a deceiver and a con artist. God changes his name and then he says, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to use you to lead a nation. You know, God chooses him and it's a great example of God's grace. You know, it's like, it's like me saying, I choose to play for England. I mean, I could probably get a game based on the current uh, circumstances but and I'm terrible but I, it's like me saying I choose to play for England unless the manager whoever he may be um, chooses me I can't play for England and actually we can only choose God because God first chooses us and you know the only way to to exclude yourself from the purpose of God is by opting out rather than opting in you know tonight um the theme is made new. The girls, on, on when they get baptized, they're going to be wearing T-shirts that say made new. And that all comes from a verse in Corinthians, from a letter uh, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians. And it says this. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. When you give your life to Jesus, he makes you new. He says the past is in the past. I was going into a Let It Go song there, wasn't I? A bit of Frozen. He says, the past is in the past. He says, we have moved on and I am making you new. You know, perhaps you're not somebody who would call yourself a Christian and you want to explore this tonight and I want to explore this further. I'd love to say, I'd love to invite you back and say, come, come on another Sunday. Come and, come and wrestle with the things of God with us. Come and ask us some difficult questions. Come and be real. Don't just pretend that it's all okay. Be real. We want to invite you to come back. We want to invite you to come to Alpha. Maybe you're wrestling with stuff and you, you're a Christian and you're wrestling with stuff. Don't pretend that it's all okay. You know, one of the, one of the most beautiful things in this church is life groups where you can get alongside people and build relationship and trust them enough to take away the filter and take off the mask and say, I'm struggling. Let's be real before God. But let's remember that our past does not determine our future. God has given us a plan and a purpose to follow him. And that's what I believe for Beth and Laura, who are going to be baptized this evening. It's what I believe for me. That's what I believe for you. Let's pray. 
Father God, I thank you for this incredible story of Jacob. God, I thank you that you know who we are. God, you know who we are behind the masks and the filters. God, I pray that you would give us the vulnerability and the the courage to be real before you. Lord, I pray that we would step into the the new name that you are giving us, God, that we are a new creation. God, if we know you, we are a new creation. That's amazing. I wonder before we we move on, maybe you just need a moment to respond before God. I get a sense that there's someone here that you've been wrestling with God for a long time. And it's almost like you've become stubborn and cold about it. And I feel like God's saying, when you you rest, when you take a moment and stop wrestling and... you'll find freedom. Maybe that's you this evening and you just need to say to God, God, I'm sorry for being stubborn and wrestling for too long. sing again together um, it's a great song the, the bridge of it says let all the other names fade away Jesus take your place might be worth singing that over yourself tonight and um, while we do that there's going to be a little bit of movement some people who are getting baptised are going to go and get changed and those baptising them are getting changed as well and we're going to sing together and then we're going to baptise some people